in this first service of 2019 today, I want to talk to you about remembering the dreams. Remembering the dreams. Please stay with me. I believe God has given me a message. I'm going to call it a warning message for the bridge. So I want to jump right into the word of God. In Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 8. A lot of scripture here, so bear with me. Listen in. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came out after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and the gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. And Pharaoh awoke. He slept again, and he dreamt for the second time. And suddenly, seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after him. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed, it was a dream. Excuse me. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, Pharaoh's, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. I recently spoke to you about Joseph. In fact, actually, I'll say young, if you remember, Minister Caden um, came up here and told you the story of Joseph. How many remember that? So, so many of you know that it was Joseph who ended up interpreting Pharaoh's dream for him and the interpretations, uh, uh, interpretation seven fat cows, seven skinny cows meant seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, seven years of great and good times, seven years of really bad times. And the warning that God has given me for the bridge today through this scripture is that all of us in life, and certainly in this year, 2019, are gonna have good times and we're gonna have bad times. Um, Days when things will go just as we planned them, maybe even a little bit better. And then there's gonna be days when things just get all jacked up and, and maybe even some really bad times. And I want you to understand that that the Bible that we read from, that we speak from, is a manual for successful living, not just for the good times. But it teaches us how we are to think, how we are to live, how we are to react to the good times, but also to the bad times of our lives. And the principle that I'm going to do my very best to share with you today can save your family. It can save your marriage. 
It can save your job. It can, it can save important relationships that you have at work or, or at home or even with God and even your relationships with this church. And, and, and Joseph's interpretation turns out would be the secret to Egypt's survival. And not only Egypt's survival, but his own family's survival. How many want to save your family? God showed Joseph how he was to handle the bad times by showing him what to do during the good times. And it all depends on how we handle the good times. The way that we handle your good years is going to determine if you survive the bad years. To say it differently, you must learn to maximize the positive so the bad times can be minimized. Check this out. I'm going to just get right to it. The Holy Spirit, guys. The, the, the very Spirit of God himself was poured out in the book of Acts upon the disciples in the upper room. If you haven't read it, we spoke about it many times, you have to read it. And here's what I want you to understand. That if you don't get the Holy Spirit saturating your upper room, your heart, your mind, the way you think, when the bad times come, you're going to become cynical. You're going to get critical. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get negative. You need a baptism of the Holy Spirit in your upper room. You need to be baptized with the, or refilled with the Holy Spirit to deal with the bad times and not lose focus of the good times in your life. Today I'm giving you the answer to the test or the answer to the message before we even get started, I'm telling you right now, not just a way, but I'm telling you the only way you handle these times in your life is you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The warning from God's word today, for us today, is, is the dream. The skinny cows ate up the fat cows. And my point here is that if you don't watch it, you'll allow the bad times to eat up all of the good things in your life. And you begin to take on all of a sudden this belief system in your mind, in your mind, and it begins to take over, that begins to defeat you. You need to be baptized in the spirit to get your heart right so that you will, you'll think right, especially in the bad times. Because if you think right, you're going to do right, and you're going to act right. Someone said that you need a checkup from just below the neck up. And I like that because on our own, the way we think just all on our own, we're always guilty of terrible, of stinking thinking. 
It's okay to laugh. It's what we do. And what happens is you'll begin to allow the bad to swallow up and eat up the good. And that's not God's will for you today. Guys, we are victorious and more than conquerors, not just in the good times. <laughs> Listen, how different are we as Christians if we're not more than conquerors during the bad times? I want a sanctified heart and mind and not just a sanctified from lust and unclean thoughts, but I want to be sanctified mind like my, the mind of Christ that when bad times come, disappointments come and things don't work out just like I planned and I thought they should, I don't allow the bad to eat up all the joy and all the salvation and, and all the freedom in my life and all the good God has done in my life, in my family, in my spouse and in my kids. And if I don't watch it, I can let the bad things swallow up the good things going on in my life. This can happen even in church. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But in a great house, in God's house, there are vessels of honor and dishonor. You see, even when you come to church, you can let the bad stuff, the things that you don't like, the one thing that you don't like, swallow up the good, even in a great house. I gotta be honest with you. The bridge is his house. It's a great house, amen? There's vessels of honor and dishonor. And he says, look at this. There's vessels of gold and silver. There's vessels of wood and clay. And I'm gonna tell you something. The devil likes to highlight the one thing, the one problem that you have. He wants you to focus on the hypocrite in the church. He wants you to focus on the things that, the one thing that you don't like in the church. He wants you to notice that clay or wood thing and completely forget about the silver and the gold and all the good things. And let the bad just eat up the good. But the Bible says that no matter what you focus on, the word of God says it's a great house regardless. It's a great house. In fact, and so is your house a great house. So is your family. So are your children. So is your marriage. But if we allow it, the bad can just eat up the good. Charles Dickens wrote a book that we probably all read in high school, A Tale of Two Cities, and many of us read it then. And it started off with, it was the best of times it was the worst of times. And I want you to, I know that's not the word of God today, but listen to those words because it's truth in many people's lives today. For some of you, these are the worst of times. But what you're not recognizing is that it's also the best of times. And those of you that are going through those Worst of times are screaming at me in your mind right now. And if you are, you've made my point. The Bible doesn't want you to give in. This word of God doesn't want you to give in to your fear and to your defeat and, and to your hopelessness. That's a lie from Satan. And you've got to recognize where it comes from. So it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. The Bible predicts in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, but know this, 
that in the last days, everybody say last days, perilous times will come. And I'm not going to read the whole verse there. You can read it if you'd like, but if you read it enough, just don't even have to go very far to realize it's talking about today. We're in those last days. But then what's really cool is within the same book of the Bible, the prophet Joel prophesies in the last days. In the same last days that that 2 Timothy is talking about here, in those same last days, the prophet of God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. (laughs) So it's possible to have the best days and the worst days at the same time. Your worst days can become your best days with Jesus Christ. In my worst days, God's gotten the very best out of my life. And I'm telling you, God has a way of taking the worst days and making them the best. And what you have to do is you have to make up your mind that you're you're not going to let the bad eat up the good. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on those things. Think about that. Remember the good. Think on the good. Don't let the bad eat up the good things that are going on in your life that God's given you. And that's why I gotta tell you something. We bring you the word of God. We do our very best to bring you the word of God every single week to think on these things. And it's, it's important for you to be here every time we got the doors open because we're gonna give you some more word of God so you can begin to think on the word of God. And that that way, whatever hell brings against you, all we have in us is the word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. The good is going to overcome the bad. The good is going to triumph over the attack. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God is going to put up a barrier against you and stop it in its tracks. Sanctify your heart and mind with the word of God. In Daniel... Everybody was bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's orders except for three Hebrew boys. They wouldn't bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've shared this story more than once here at the bridge already. But there were only three Hebrew boys that that wouldn't bow. And there were only three that were thrown into the fiery furnace. But I want you to check something out. When fire was added to this equation, there was a fourth man that appeared. I don't know if you caught that, but when fire is added, how many feel like you're going through some fire? When fire is added to the equation, there's a fourth man in the fire. There's a fourth man, and that fourth man is Jesus. Sometimes the only way that you can get where God is is to get into the fire. (laughs) 
Sometimes the only way that you can get where God is is to get into the fire or to go through the fire. I'll tell you something. I'd rather have Jesus with me in the fire than to be in the palace without Jesus. Because Jesus plus nothing equals everything to me. But everything, and that's a, that's a witness right there. That's a witness that we already heard today. Jesus plus nothing is everything, is everything. But everything minus Jesus is nothing. Man, you've, if you've got Jesus, you've got everything you need. Don't let the enemy eat up the good. There were millions of people bowing down, but Nebuchadnezzar was fixated. He was fixated on the three, only the three that were standing. And he forgets about all of the good stuff that's going on in his kingdom. And and the bad in his life starts eating up the good. And that's what happens. We focus on the one bad thing. We focus on the one bad coworker or the one bad project that we're on or the one bad boss or the one situation in our marriage or the one situation in our finances or whatever. And it will begin to take over the mass of the good things that God is doing in your life. If you're not careful, you'll let the bad eat up the good. I read the book of Esther Um, just the other day. It's only 10 chapters. Try it out. It's really good. It reminded me all over again, um, even when it seems like um, God is nowhere. God knows what he's doing today. I don't know, but God knows what he's doing. Even when it seems like God is not there, Desiree, God is there. God is there. The scripture said that Esther came to the kingdom for such a time as this. So what was going on was there was an evil man by the name of Haman, and he made an order because he was uh, very powerful in the kingdom. Um, He was like the king's right-hand man, that when he rode through the town, everybody was to bow down and show him honor. And everybody in that town did it except for one Jew by the name of Mordecai. When all the others were bowing down, (laughs) poor Haman could only see that one Jew standing out there. And he let the bad eat up the good. The one Jew... That one Jew got to Haman so much that he began to plot how he would kill him. Not only him, but his family. And he would kill. In fact, he was going to wipe out uh, off the face of the earth all of the Jews. That was his plan. All because one guy didn't show him the honor that he was supposed to show him. One day the Bible says that Haman, this evil man, was in the presence of the king because he was at his right hand. And the king asked him a question. He said, you know what? I want to ask you something, Haman. He said, I, I, I have someone on my mind. In fact, I woke up with him on my mind. That I, as king, I want to show, oh man, I want to show some great honor to this man. What? 
Haman, what would you do? What would you do, you know, what should the king do to show great honor to this man that I'm thinking of? And Haman can't hardly take it, man. He's thinking, dude, I'm his second in command. I'm, I'm his, at his right hand. He's talking about me. And so he's asking me, so I'm gonna tell him. So let's go there. Well, I'll tell you what I would do, O king. I would take the king's royal robe. Man, how awesome. And I would wrap it around this guy that the king wants to honor. And I would go out and I would put him on this white stallion. And, and I, would, would, I would have somebody kind of take the bridle of the horse and I would have him walk through the whole town. And just as he's walking through the whole, all the streets and everything slowly, man, uh, announcing this is the man who the king honors, bow down to him. And all of a sudden, the king said, wow, what? What a fantastic idea. That's incredible. Haman, would you please make sure you do that for Mordecai the Jew? Can you imagine? And all of a sudden, God completely turned the table. And Haman... As a result of this, Haman and all of his family and, and, and heirs ends up hanging on the same gallows, his own gallows, the ones he built for Mordecai and all of the Jews. And do you know to this day, the Jews have what is called the Feast of Purim, which is a celebration of how God delivered their race. They still celebrate to that. In fact, they have a feast and they have a bunch of gifts and everything else to relive and to celebrate. Listen to very closely what didn't happen. Now, I know sometimes and most times we try to give God the praise for the things that he's done for us. But when's the last time you gave uh, glory and thanks to God for something that he helped prevent from happening? Your destiny, listen to me very carefully, like Haman, one single thing that someone has done to you, one person that treats you wrong, one offense, one hurt can begin to consume you so much that you can lose your destiny. And here's, that's not so bad. The problem is, is that you not only lose your destiny, like I was talking about earlier in my message, but you not only lose yours, but you lose the destiny of your spouse and you lose the destiny of your kids and you lose the destiny of the loved ones that you have in your life. All because of just one thing. Listen to me, you can destroy or be destroyed because you won't let it go. Maybe they did do you wrong. But don't let the bad eat up the good things for the rest of your life because of it. Maybe you were abused, but don't let the bad eat up the good. Maybe something horrible did happen to you, but I'm telling you something. The enemy, Satan, wants you. He wants you to be so focused and so fixated on that one thing and never let it go and never give you the right to enjoy another day in your life. 
And that's a trick of the enemy. That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit that is in this place today. Some of you, if you were in the woods and bit by a poisonous snake and your leg began to swell, some of you hold on to stuff. You'd have a big decision to make. Not for me, dude. I'd be running. But some of you get so mad at that snake, you start chasing him all throughout the woods, trying to get him back for what he did. And in doing so, listen to me, you're killing yourself because all of a sudden you're speeding up that poison in your body and you're going to your own death instead of letting God handle the snake and letting God heal you. Some of you hold on to things and won't let it go and you're letting the bad eat up the good You're so bitter at one person or at this person who wronged you that you don't even see all of the awesome things, the health that you, and not just you, but your family have. You don't see your spouse who's getting closer and closer to Jesus with every single service that he comes to. You don't see that your kids are trying to get involved in every way they can in the church. You don't even see your loved ones now starting to come to church, uh, wanting to get involved. They've never been involved or never come to church in their whole life. God is, I'm telling you, he's for you. He's for you. God is with you. God is gonna help you. Don't let the bad destroy the good in your life. And I'm wrapping up today with this one last story. And I'm gonna wrap up with Joseph again, who illustrates so powerfully the decision that you guys are faced with right now. Everybody's attention to me, just, just if you can, I'm wrapping up, I promise, okay? Attention to the word of God just during this time. Joseph's story illustrates so powerfully the decision that, that some of you are faced with today about letting the bad destroy the good in your life. Joseph, listen, if anyone had a right to be offended, had a right to hold on to a grudge, Joseph stripped and and, and thrown into a pit by his own brothers and sold off to slavery. Then he goes to Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife lies on him and falsely accuses him of, of sexually abusing her. He's in prison for 14 years for a crime he didn't even commit. Joseph, while he's in prison, he meets the butler and the baker. Joseph helps those guys out. He helps them get out of prison and asks them, hey, listen, when you get out, just please do me a favor. Will you remember me? Say a good, put a good word in for me, Pharaoh. And and, and, and the Bible says they both forgot him. But here's what's so powerful Here's what's so awesome about the story of Joseph. Joseph's now 14 years later been raised up into power. God smiled on his life and he's actually living in the palace and now second in charge only to Pharaoh. And he's holding the keys to all of the storage facilities where all of the grain, the food basically, and the rest of the world is in worldwide famine that was prophesied in the dream that we talked about earlier. And they say, by the way, 
that the population of the earth would have perished. The population of the earth, the earth would have perished had Joseph not preserved the human race, had he not stored up during the seven years of good so they could handle the seven years of bad. Listen, you can't get ahead by getting even or by holding a grudge. And if anybody's story tells us that, Joseph, he understood that you couldn't do that. Joseph, yeah, he wept privately. But then he came back out, and this is what I want to share with you today in Genesis chapter 42, verse 9. It says something very important that I completely overlooked every single time I read it. It just never dawned on me. But I don't want to miss it today. It says, then Joseph remembered the dreams. Had that been me, I would have remembered the betrayal of my brothers. If that would have been me, I would remember the woman who lied on me. I, I would have remembered the the prison that I was in for 14 long years for something that I didn't even do. How would I remember the, the butler and the baker who forgot all about me when I needed them the most? I would have remembered all of the bad junk. But Joseph made a decision and that's the decision that we're faced with today, some of you. To not let the bad eat up the good. The Bible says he remembered the dreams. And I'm telling you today, when he remembered the good, let me say it a different way. When he focused on the good, when he was fixated on the good. Joseph said, hey, you brothers, you meant that for my evil, but God meant it for my good. I'm not, I'm not gonna look on the bad, I'm gonna look on the good. And this is my point today. Some of you don't understand that the ramifications of what you do, especially as parents, it impacts your children and your, your, other, your other family members. Listen to me very closely. The decision that he made, that Joseph made, it saved his family. It saved his nation. It saved his destiny. And I'm telling everyone that's here today, if you're going through a bad time or something that you know, has got a hold of you and it's got you all upset about something, the enemy of your life, the enemy of your family, the enemy of your soul wants you to be solely focused on that one bad thing and let the bad just eat up all the good that's going on. You may be going through rough times today. You, you know, you may be addicted to drugs or alcohol. You, you may, your finances may look dismal, uh, uh, especially after Christmas. Your, your relationship uh, with your spouse may be in disarray. You may just be offended and holding a grudge against your brother or sister in this church. And Satan says, just let the bad times eat up the good. 
Just continue on destroying your family. Just let it, let, let your, destroying all of your relationships. But listen to me, and this is, I'm ending with this. Shall we stand today? Everybody's attention, if you can, to the word of God, just for one more minute, and we're going to sing. Everybody's head bowed, your eyes closed, if you would, just out of respect for everybody else, and focused in on Jesus. Your answer today may seem so convoluted and so complex and so difficult and so hard based upon the issues and the problems that you're facing. It may seem just insurmountable and like a mountain in front of you. But I'm telling you, it's as easy as when you let Jesus into your heart. I cannot do that for you. Your parents can't do that for you. Your brother or sister can't do You have to do that yourself. When you let Jesus into your heart, when you let his spirit baptize you, when Jesus steps into that fire that you're going through, I'm telling you something today. He can turn the table just like that. You talk about good. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. He's the best thing that ever happened to my family. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. Where grudges abound, forgiveness much more abounds. Listen, you can be free from your past today. Today, you can feel the freedom. You just need to let it go. You just need to remember the dreams the good things. Turn your life completely over to Jesus. And I don't mean with just some words that you say, but I mean with your whole heart. Let his Holy Spirit baptize your heart and your mind today. And you talk about turning the tables. God will give you a life that you never dreamed possible, a life of hope, a life of love, a life of peace that passes all understanding. Let it go. And turn your life to him today.